your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch. I'm Josh Iman. And we got a very special guest for you guys today, the host of Locked On Coyotes, Rob Leonio. Rob, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's good to uh, finally have our uh, have our meet after already the team's meeting four times already. Yeah, we talked about it on our podcast. It really feels like uh, essentially we're up to seven games now, so it really feels like a playoff series now. And obviously you guys are sitting with the upper hand at three games to one. But we do have some games coming up this weekend. One tonight when we post this, uh, it'll be Friday night and then a back-to-back on Saturday. So, Rob, just from your observations on watching this Blues team, what are some things that stick out to you in terms of things that they might be doing right? But I think more so a lot of Blues fans are interested in uh, the other side of everything that we're doing wrong because it's easy for us to see uh, and nitpick everything because we're super harsh on our team. But I feel like looking from the outside and especially with the stage that the Blues got with the Stanley Cup run and how much, I guess, airtime they got, it feels like a stark contrast between these two teams. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. I never knew. I didn't really know what to expect from the, from that Blues team. Uh, I, I talked about this on my podcast. I listed the people that they don't have this year. Um, and I was like, yeah, you guys lost uh, Petrangelo. You're at, you don't have Tarasenko for quite a long time. You know, uh, and you guys just lost Robert Thomas for thumb injury a couple games in for of this series. I left. I listed them off. I'm like, are they going to be that great heading into this series? I don't know. Uh, but uh, you guys' Blues team is still really good. Uh, I I just watch Ryan O'Reilly skate, and I'm just like, uh, this is still a good team. Uh, I had no doubt about that. What I'll tell you one thing though is, uh, and this is a problem not necessarily with the Blues. But with, I think, almost every team that has gone through the Coyotes' way is just giving some of these players too much room uh, in <laughs> in a way. Whenever I see Connor Garland on the ice, for example, I don't know how he does it. Maybe it's just because these teams are giving him too much room, but he finds he finds the empty lanes way too easily, and it makes him look better than he is. I'm not saying he's not good, because I, I love Connor Garland. He's my favorite player on the Coyotes. But... Uh, he makes, I was gonna say he made he kind of made Colton Pareko look like a pylon. So anyone can that can do that on their way to a goal is it's pretty good at hockey in my book. <laughs> but you know the fact that you're giving him that much room to even get there is 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 one thing. I mean, but uh, again, I, I love Connor Garland. He's my he's my favorite player on the Coyotes. On I guess I think I love all the young guys really. Uh, and uh, I I've been impressed with the way. The uh, short leash line is played for Arizona. I think they they pick things up defensively against the Blues as well. You know, and I think to sort of reflect off of that, that's something that Tommy and I have been touching on all year. And when the Blues are on and when they're playing their game, especially like what we witnessed in the Cup run, they make it so difficult for teams to have any sort of time and space. And I think that we've been seeing the exact opposite of that this year. You know, they've been given a lot of teams a lot of space. And we saw it against Colorado and now we're seeing it against Arizona. When you do that against a young, fast team, you're going to really pay. So I think you, I think you really uh, summed it up nicely there that they're giving them almost too much space. You know, obviously players like Connor Garland are going to break free and get an open space, but 
you know, Blues are almost putting him in those positions to be able to have those nice plays and those nice goals with the space and time that they're giving them. Well, I was just going to say, I I think to touch on that a little bit as well, the Blues haven't really tapped into their full force physical style of play this season. Uh, And I think part of that can also be due to, like, I feel like league-wide, not just Blues games, but it feels like just Blues games because it's so aggravating for us. But uh, I feel like uh, penalties this season Mm -hmm. have been called. And I know there were a couple games, I think back-to-back, actually, it was the same officiating crew where we were like, what are they looking at? And I'm sure you guys had a couple of head scratchers that same game, too. Uh, We were watching the home broadcast, so they were just laying into them. I mean, Panger was just giving them the business but it it feels like penalties are up across the league like I feel like I talked about this before on the pod but we would see games where it was like two three penalties total uh per side per game and now it's like five six seven I think someone had like nine the other night just it feels like it's catering more to the speed style of hockey which I don't mind but when you've got a team like the Blues who's bread and butter on making it to the Stanley Cup was their physical style of hockey and just grinding teams down in a seven-game series. I don't think it benefits them at all. Oh no, I I don't think it really benefits any team to have a you know a, a ref calling literally everything and anything that happens on the ice. It really slows the pace pace of the game. And I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and point to Monday's game. Um, that last the last two minutes, last three minutes, I think like what four or five penalties were called in just the last two minutes alone. Um, including the matching penalties. Uh, I forgot who it was for the Blues that committed, but Connor Garland was called for embellishment. Embellishment. Yeah, Justin Falk, I think. I didn't get a chance to see the full replay of that because I was actually at the Tucson Roadrunners game at the time. So I was like listening to the the Arizona radio broadcast while trying to watch the Tucson Roadrunners play San Jose Barracuda. So like, trying to do double duty there was not the easiest thing but when i was listening to it i was like oh god just just let the guys play and let's let's get this going right and, and it kind of just feels like i mean one of the things they say about hockey is if the officials called like actually called every single penalty there would be 500 penalties a night and that's sort of what it feels like is like those ticky tack calls at the end of the game you're like okay was that a penalty was that an infraction yes did they need to call that in that in this instance no and it it feels like not like they're calling bad penalties but it's been very inconsistent in the way that they choose to enforce them like sometimes they choose to be really strict about it and then other times they let it go and it's prevented i I, definitely the blues but I'm, i'm curious if you felt that as well it's just i feel like we haven't really seen a game where the blues have been able to roll four lines consistently and, and generate a lot of momentum just because there's been so many penalties both ways i wonder if you've kind of noticed that too just a lack of i guess consistent momentum because there's been so much uh shorthanded time or, or even time on the power play has prevented it too yeah and i think i think that goes on the like on the coyote side is um they they're not the greatest team on the power play um if you if you see they like they're probably one of the better one of the close to one of the best five on five teams and their pen, their penalty kill is also uh, suspect sometimes. So, on so five on five, if they can get that get that going, then yeah, they're fantastic. But like you said, with the, all these penalties being called, it's all those inconsistencies. You're trying to see things. It's hard to really gauge exactly how either of these teams are because of exactly that the lack of you know actual enough time five on five. All right, good stuff from Rob there. Uh, talking about one of a million matchups we've got with the Coyotes. It seems like I haven't played a, another team 
in a long time. But hey, it's always good to have something familiar, something you know, something you love. And if I'm talking about familiarity, there's nothing I love more than a nice, delicious Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved Built Bar is even delicious. Er, you got 18 amazing flavors, 12 of the originals, the classics, the OGs, and then you got the six new kids on the block, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Oh my God, they're so good. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're all soft. They're all easy to chew. And the best part is the reason why I love them so much is Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for someone on a diet. Now, the average Built Bar is getting you about 15, 16, 17 grams of protein, 130, 150 calories, something like that, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. So really, really good for you. You don't have to feel bad about eating it, and it still tastes like you're eating delicious dessert. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and use that promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order that's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com and we'll be right back with the second half of this interview Yeah, and I don't I don't know if you've noticed or not either, but the Blues aren't very good at the power play either. I think they're <laughs> like not, one, for, one for yeah one for twenty something uh, in this homestand, uh, and I don't even know what they're at right now. But that's another problem is like for the Blues, if you're not producing on the power play, then really all you're doing is sending your guys out there and boosting their ice time and yeah. putting yeah putting more miles on them. So then when they're at five on five and maybe there's a little more lax, there's less pressure on them to produce. Uh, they can't produce because they're exhausted. And I think it, the same thing goes for the penalty kill. Uh, it's a lot of your core guys. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly's on both of those, and, and he's a huge part of your team. So and I think we didn't really take that into consideration when we talked about his lack of production here early, but I think we should because it's it's hard to put up that many minutes and hard minutes at the same time and then also produce five on five. It just feels like these teams are, by the time 60 minutes rolls around, they're just absolutely gassed. And I think, like we've been talking about, penalties have a large part to do with that. Yeah, and, and not to mention, too, again, like even though we're, you know, you know, 10, 13 games into the season, depending on, you know, which teams we're talking about, uh, like a lot of these teams didn't have like a long enough training camp or a long enough preseason to really go through some of the proper power play training or, you know, all the, all those practices and everything. And, you know, obviously for a lot of teams that's visible, you know, with Arizona, I I will say Arizona is definitely, I wouldn't say as bad as what you guys said with the blues. You said like one of the last 27 or so, you know, I think the Coyotes are like probably right in the middle, like 15, right, like right there, like 22% on the power play, which is okay. But still, I think most of the teams, probably could have benefited from a little bit longer training camp to work on that yeah i think so too especially with the blues because i mean you get key parts on your power play like tory krug and mike hoffman and they got a new power play coach and jim montgomery so it, it like you said it's a lot of moving parts and a lot of new faces and uh not a whole lot of time for guys to get situated with the lack of uh preseason yeah i guess um a question that i have and i, I mentioned this at the very beginning of the C- series against arizona 
Um, and one of Arizona's biggest problems in years past has been their inability to find the back of the net. But at least to me, it felt like this year that's just completely gone and they're, they're a scary offensive team now. You know, they're able to score in multiple ways and you can't really rely on them to, to I guess, you know, put up one or two goals a night like you would in years past. It, it, so have you noticed that, like a big shift in, in, their, in their play this year? Because it seems like they're just night, night and day compared to how their offense is looking. I'll say yes season. and no to that. Um, and I was, like the, uh, the yes because it's definitely a lot different than what I'm used to. No, because this team actually had a similar look at the beginning of last year. Like all, like they were okay. a really good offensive team leading up to that Taylor Hall trade when they, tried to, when they tried to pick up Taylor Hall to go for a playoff run. After that, they kind of took a huge slump and then a lot of offensive production actually went away, which was quite surprising given that's exactly why they picked up Taylor Hall. But now we're kind of getting back into that. You're seeing the offensive production from Connor Garland, from Christian Dvorak, Clayton Keller. And really, I'll say that top line right there, um, which is Garland, uh, Schmaltz, and Keller, I think, is just doing some phenomenal things for, for Arizona um, to generate the offense that they need. And I think right, right now they've been impressive, and I really enjoyed watching them create that offense more than what we were used to, especially after a terrible playoff run that they did last time. Yeah, I think that's one positive to take away from constantly losing all these games uh, to the Coyotes is I think uh, Clayton Keller was struggling a little bit before this series, and it seemed like he's picked up his play. And obviously, being a St. Louis boy, uh, I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna root for that guy. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun to watch. But I, I would prefer him not to be eaten up against our team. But at the end of the day. Uh, I'm, I am going to root for that guy through thick and thin. Of all guys who could score on us, I guess I guess he's all right. Right, exactly. It's like him and Pat Maroon are like one and two. I, I don't mind it a little bit. Especially if it's a uh, a final last half second kind of goal. I, yeah. I don't know. That one was that one was a I, stinger. That one hurt a lot. Just because I felt like that game, that game they played so well, and Josh and I talked about it on the pod. They like. There's a lot of games where the Blues feel like they're just not up to par in terms of work ethic, and I feel like that's visible in the first period, right? Because it comes out, we come out my last three, four games, um, we're just getting outworked in terms of shots, in terms of uh, just losing puck battles and 50-50 pucks, like we're just getting beat to every single one. So I feel like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like, like I talked about it uh, earlier in this podcast, it doesn't feel like the Blues team that we know. It, it felt uh, like a, a Mike Yo or a Ken Hitchcock loss. Yeah, that's what because that game like they like. almost parked like they almost parked the bus at the end and just said yep. like uh yep. we'll uh we'll we'll see where we go and we'll be fine and then end up losing it in a shootout. So the good, um, the good old Blues third period turtle is, is rearing its ugly head. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's just frustrating to watch and we talked about it on the last podcast I think too that uh, this team especially during the Cup run uh, really prided itself on like bounce back games and like when they would have like a, a disappointing loss or even just a loss in general in the playoffs uh, nine times out of ten they would come back the next game and win and win convincingly and the fact that we've dropped what, the street three straight now to the coyotes uh, that's cause for concern in my opinion just because it's it doesn't seem like they have that fire or that fight or that emotion this time around. And you know it's funny, it's funny that you mentioned that too because I you know I uh, it was after the you know the Coyotes first game against the Ducks that I kind of thought the same thing about Arizona and you know I didn't I was like man these guys just they're not producing as they should their uh, like their confidence isn't there it looks completely shot um, and then 
even a couple games later, it looked like they were bouncing back. First game against the Blues, and I was like, eh, they still got a lot of work to do. Rick Tockett was like, if the that top line, the Keller line, wants to stay together, they got to you know pick up their crap and actually start producing. And then the moment after he said that, then things changed for Arizona. I think I, I saw a huge different confidence boost. And that's one thing I will say, too, about Arizona is I know a lot of people have them uh, pegged as kind of one of those teams that will be fighting for the last playoff spot in this division. I think they've got a really good chance. I think Minnesota's got a really good team, too, so it's really going to be one of those guys. But I think what could set Arizona apart is their goaltending. And as mm-hmm. Obviously, with this back-to-back matchup coming up this this weekend— Oh, we're going to get to see both of them. But I do think you guys have a very talented goalie stable, and that's uh, we saw it with Jake Allen and Jordan Bennington. That's that's crucial uh, in the long haul of a marathon that is the Stanley Cup playoffs. The goalie tandem is the, is the, uh, the one of the biggest things to have in hockey Hockey now. Obviously, you're you know, gone in the days of uh, you know a true starter and a true and a actual backup. You have that 1A and 1B situation. And in the Coyote situation, even a pseudo 1C. I, we haven't seen enough from Aiden Hill yet. But again, I've seen him enough in Tucson. He's had enough of a look in, in you know in Glendale with the Coyotes a couple times when both Kemper and Ronta were hurt. And uh, he's impressed. So he's there to fill in at any time as well. And whether I don't, I don't foresee him playing on this back-to-back uh, tonight and tomorrow. But, you know, we... I, I can't say. I know Kemper's going to play one of the games. Whether or not Antti Ranta wants to play the other and or Aiden Hill gets it, that I can't really go say. So so I'm going to kind of force your hand here and say, well, it is nice to have you know a couple good goalies. It, it does, There is going to be a time when you're going to kind of have to put all your eggs in one basket. Or maybe not. You know, We've seen instances where teams have sort of gone around with multiple goalies. So let's say you're in charge of the Coyotes and the playoffs start tomorrow. What's your game plan with the goaltending situation? Is there one guy that you think has impressed you or are you confident enough in the tandem to say you know we'll let both of them go or what what's your plan if the playoffs start tomorrow if the playoffs were to start tomorrow i'll like i'll go ahead and and uh give the majority of the starts to darcy kemper that's right? what i would I, yeah that's what i would yeah, think i don't too. i don't think any that's a surprise to anybody darcy kemper if you even watched him in the last several months again going back to that playoff bubble run uh he has easily been one of their best players so i it it's no surprise to anyone that I would definitely pick Darcy Kemper to make the majority of those starts. All right. Before we wrap this one up and before we kind of get into this uh, weekend set of games against the Arizona Coyotes, if you think the Blues are going to pull out a win this weekend and you want to put your money where your mouth is, well, head over to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing right now. And if you're not into that, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. So if you're watching the weekly episode of The Bachelor and you got a real big hunch on who you think is going to get that final rose, put some money on it. Real-time updated odds and props on literally almost anything you can imagine. I won $27 this weekend because Miley Cyrus showed her belly button at the Super Bowl. It was great. Uh, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And we'll be right back with the end of today's interview.
Do you think at the end of the day, do you if you had to if you had to guess at this point in the season, do you think the Coyotes managed to snag that last spot, or do you think they're like right on the edge, uh, and they need a little bit push towards towards being a playoff team this season? You know, I'm con- I'm I'm pretty confident that they uh, have enough in them to make that playoff spot. Um, that's if they continue to do what I'm what I'm seeing right now. This confidence that I've seen from them in the last three games, um, that really is unknown to me because this has been an inconsistent Coyotes team for the most of the season so far. Again, they had a you know a really good game against Vegas, and then the next one's a crapper. So if they if these last three games are telling, then yeah, I do really, I really will say that this team is, uh, you know, playoff bound. Obviously, that number four spot is probably where it, we would look at. Um, but would it surprise me if they don't make it? No. It wouldn't surprise me either if they surpass the Blues. Like if they're trending the same way, honestly, and the Blues might be fighting for that last spot as well. Uh, but I think it's important to note too that you guys are doing all of this without. Your captain, right? Oliver Ekman Larson's been out for a hot minute. He, I think uh, he's come back this weekend, though. Oh well, that's great for us. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, over in the uh, uh, after practice on on Thursday, they actually asked that about Rick Tockett, and he's so. What's the deal with OEL right now? And he said, "Well, he went out practicing. He looked good. Might be able to play play on uh, on Friday." Oh boy! So, we'll oh great! Well, uh, boys better get it together. That's all I gotta say. Cause he's I. I've been watching him from the outside for a long time now, and I always try to take him on my fantasy He's team, a special player. He's one of those guys that a lot of people sleep on, but he always brings the production, I feel like. so, And especially it, him him being the captain and probably one of the voices, if not the main voice in that locker room, for him to be sitting out night in and night out and then still getting the production that they are from guys like Connor Garland um, and Clayton Keller stepping up in that vacancy of a guy like that, I feel like is is huge for a team that's, like we've talked about, is pushing for that essentially that final playoff spot this season. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'll also say that uh, you know the couple defensemen that's been filling in for him has been doing a phenomenal job. Obviously, it's you know lower on defensive pairs, but Jordan Gross is uh, you know he's not offensively producing, but he's you know he's a puck moving defenseman, does the same stuff, and you know he's done enough of a job to you know help the Coyotes. You know, move along yeah i feel like i've been seeing jacob chikrin's name a lot on broadcast as well um he's been tearing it up for him too so he is uh yeah he's definitely i think among the defensemen other than oliver ekman larson he is the uh, other favorite for the coyotes and yeah he is also just phenomenal if uh anyone just wants to uh, go ahead and check my stuff out i again i am the host of locked on coyotes uh which you can go ahead and check out anywhere you get your podcasts um, as well as uh, I'm on on Twitter at Rob Leano one and on uh, well our Twitter page for Coy- Locked On Coyotes at L O underscore Coyotes and uh, you can also follow my uh, Tucson Roadrunners coverage. I write covering the Tucson Roadrunners, the American Hockey League affiliate of the Arizona Coyotes, over on FiveForHowling.com. Um, I've been doing that for about uh, four years now, so. And- and it's been super fun. I've I've been loving covering the uh, the future of the Coyotes. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the prospects too. So I will definitely have to check that out because that's a lot of fun. Thanks so much for, to Rob Leano for joining us today. But I think that's all we got time for. Like Tommy said. So thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to to us on, so you never miss a new upload. Follow me 
on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy's personal Twitter at twelcher 15 You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everywhere, LinkedIn, MySpace, Locked On Blues. Just kidding about those last two. But seriously, check us out. Our social media game is on point as always. Um, yeah, hit that follow or subscribe button. Like I said, whatever podcast pl- platform you're listening to us on. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.